All right, Father Jonathan, Deacon have David. you done your YouTube stuff yet? No. <laughs> okay. No. All right. Very good. Will you be preaching at a parish anytime soon? I don't know that Houston is going to be open for very much longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you moved to Houston and Houston has been blown up. Yep. Yeah. It it hit right after, like a week after I got here. And I'm still in quarantine, right. so I'm I'm not out and about anyways so Mm -hmm, but -hmm. it's just so bizarre to see this happen again like it feels like we're back at the beginning right 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 i was listening to somebody talk yesterday in the house and they were saying like you know uh people keep talking about this being the second wave it's like no 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 no. this is just the first wave (laughs) again yeah yeah (laughs) because we didn't stop the first wave you know (laughs) right Uh, the second wave is still to come you know um which is kind of scary yeah, yeah, very scary. But so I don't know if I'll be able to leave the premises anytime soon, but if I can, mm. I'll let you know. Yeah. Well, I'm here in St. Louis, so uh, as yeah. it's uh, shaping up to be, you know, I'll be I'll be here for the foreseeable future. So Yeah. We're kind of both in uh, limbo land. Limbo land. <laughs> Isn't that just Indeed. limbo? I don't know. I think limbo is the land. Yes. Limbo is, is the land. Do we still do limbo? I don't think so. I don't think we ever really officially did limbo. That was but never I a think... real thing. No, no. Um, so anyway, so what do you got for this upcoming Sunday? 14th Sunday. 14th, yeah. Um, we moved really quickly from uh, Corpus Christi through 14 <laughs> weeks of ordinary time. Well, as you know, we didn't begin on week one. Mm, that's right. That's right. We begin on week 12, like you're supposed to. Like you're supposed to. This is part two. Mm-hmm. This is the second wave of ordinary time. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. We did the first wave after Christmas, and now we're in the second. That's right. Wave. That's right. Now here's a question: <laughs> Seeing as thou, seeing as we are both you very recently in the United States of these Americas, mm-hmm. July Fourth weekend. Oh yeah, should that come up at all? Question mark. I think. I think that the 4th of July is on Saturday. Yeah. So Saturday mass could be like <laughs> a mass for national celebration, something like Thanksgiving for whatever. Like there's masses for that kind of thing. Yeah. So you could do that. I think what most parishes do on the 4th of July Sunday proximate is they have like America the Beautiful, like as sung at the end of the mass, <laughs> which uh-huh. I think is dumb. Yeah. I don't think we should do that. No. Um. I think the real question is whether or not the homily should focus on like American freedom, liberty, independence in the wake of all the Black Lives Matter stuff Mm -hmm. uh, and what it means. to. And I think that's going to be in the narrative this weekend in the news is what does it mean to celebrate our national independence when so many people are still fighting for, you know, freedom, independence, recognition and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. So it's it seems inevitable that 4th of July this year is going to be influenced by what's currently in our consciousness whether or not that should enter into our preaching. Like that's kind of a good that's a good question, you know. Yeah, and um, I mean I and I bring that up because um well because I was thinking about it, but also in light of our second reading fr- from the book of Romans. Okay. Like if you live according to the flesh you will die, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder, I wonder to what extent, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing here. Sometimes we get too focused on the wrong things. Like we, like me and death, <laughs> I fall down a rabbit yeah. hole. 
and right. forget what I'm actually mm, supposed to be looking at mm-hmm. or headed towards. And I wonder if there could be, possibly, not saying there is, an element to that, especially when there is so much to talk about. You're totally right with July 4th, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. does it mean? I, I hesitate to call that a rabbit hole, but I think it could be. It could be so a distraction. Because you're, say, you're saying, in the, what's the line again that you pointed out in Romans? The very last line of the of the reading. For if you okay, live if according you live to the according, flesh, you will yeah. die. Uh-huh. But if by the Spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. How do you see that related? Is that like body, temporal things, spirit? Kind of, kind of, things? yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, so I, I think one of the big things that's been in my mind, in my heart, throughout the entire Black Lives Matter thing that we've been living through uh, and experiencing, which is long overdue and is is a welcome you know, invitation to a collective consciousness to reflect on justice mm-hmm. and what it means to be free. Mm-hmm. I've just also, like, coupled with that is a concern for the short-sightedness of salvation, like salvation being a temporal phenomenon or a right. corporeal phenomenon only, where we pull ourselves out of the pit of poverty, of injustice in the world, and we call that salvation. It's like that's salvation adjacent mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a good, but eternal salvation is something beyond matters solely of the flesh. Right. Um, now, it's hard, it's hard because in Romans, perhaps flesh is synonymous with something sinful, like mm-hmm. not just temporal, you know? Um, so if you live according to sinful flesh, you will die. Yeah. Not just if you right. live according to sure. temporal, sure, temporal sure, matters, sure. you know? Um, but even, but it's, a good, it's a good invitation. You but know? Even, even considering the gospel, you know, Jesus says, um, oh, where does it, uh, man, I should have, I had it just a second ago. Um, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my Mm -hmm. yoke upon you and learn from me. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so okay. So I underlined, I will give you rest Mm -hmm. because when I read that, I just noticed my body. In my body, I I Mm. I breathed deeply when I read that. Um, Just something happened to me when I read that, and I was like, man. Wow, what a sigh. Like I had a sigh of relief almost to think of like I'm carrying a lot of things on my shoulder right now and in my mind right now about my upcoming ordination, the safety of my family in Houston, my friends like you who are in Houston, like so many unknowns, you know, you know, living here in St. Louis, wanting to be in Spain. A lot of stuff is giving me a lot of burden. I'm carrying a lot of burden. And so I read that on a personal note of like Jesus saying to me, like, I will give you rest. And that, that, that could be an angle for me to preach in terms of how much all of us are carrying right now individually but i guess maybe to your point even societally we could think in terms of how much we are laboring and are burdened by so much injustice and needing to reform yeah. but the true solution and reconciliation only happens by taking upon the yoke of christ that only in him will we find peace and rest and you know a light and easy yoke yeah you know well and it's it's really i mean this is an interesting thing to think about so we're in chapter 11 of matthew um, and when we think of the burden of Christ, we think of the cross. <laughs> that's true. Um, and that's heavy. Like going to your crucifixion is heavy. And I think mm. a lot of times people think that Jesus is asking, asking them to suffer. Like, is this a time when we need to be suffering right now? Maybe there may be some truth to that, but when talking about yoke, you mean? yeah, 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 yeah. And just in general, you know, this is the cross. When people say stuff like this is the cross that I'm bearing right now, 
It's like oh, yeah. trying to yeah. say that God yeah, yeah. wants me to suffer right now, right. which I don't really agree with, specifically because of the last line of the gospel, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Mm. Like, how do we reconcile those two things? Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I hadn't really thought of it that way because you're right. We We tend to think about like, carry your cross and follow me. And then that turns into like, self-flagellation, life should be difficult, like my crosses are heavy. And they are, but then I I appreciate what you're saying. Like, how do we hold that side by side with my yoke is easy and my burden is light? Like, he's probably not saying that your sufferings are going to be easy or your sufferings are going to be light. And he's he's explicit about that. You will suffer for my name. Yeah. But there's something that he's adding here that his yoke is easy and his burden, I don't know, maybe that like, you won't suffer this alone? Like you won't well, carry this yeah. thing? You know, is that it? I think so. You know, he says, again, like, the, I may be focusing just on this last little little bit. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy, my burden light. Like, yeah, it's still kind of confusing. Like, I don't really know what to make of it. I, I do think, mm. I do think you're right that he's speaking more of, if you're going to try to do this by yourself, you will fail period. Right, right, um, right, right, right. And even, you know, we heard just the other day, amen, amen, I say to you, those who just say, Lord, Lord, will, um, you know, that's just not good enough just to say things and even to to do things that seem like the right thing to do. If you don't actually mm-hmm. change who you are, then it's in vain in some sense. And I think there could be something more here, like, yeah, we can say through one side of our mouth um, that I'm, you know, following the will of Jesus and doing all that, and then on the other side, not really believing it. Sure. Well, okay, so how, try this on for size. So I think that the question you brought up is a really good one. How do you hold this easiness and lightness side by side with the difficulty of the cross? And I think I think part of that is probably the gospel is showing us something of the paradox of who Jesus is, that there's the crucifixion, but there's also, I am meek and I'm humble. Mm -hmm. And so follow after me, come to me and I will give you rest. But he also says you will suffer persecution. So there's this paradox is that, you know, I kind of preached on this a few weeks ago about uh, Aslan in Chronicles of Narnia. He's not a tame lion. You know, he's he's a lion. He's not tame. He's wild, but he's a good lion. So he's good, but he's not tame. That there's something of a paradox when we think about Jesus as our savior is that he's kind and merciful, but he's also challenging, like severely challenging, telling us that you will be persecuted, you know, and that you will be crucified, you know, when you fall after me. And I think I like that presentation of the paradox of Jesus when you think about the first reading in, in uh, Zechariah. Because it's a reading from Advent, and it proposes what kind of king we await. Mm. And the kind of king that we await is meek and riding on the foal of a donkey, but he's also going to he's also going to banish the chariot, and he's going to banish the warrior's bow and have dominion from sea to sea. Mm-hmm. Like he's also a ruler who's a war figure, you know? So Jesus is presented in the psalm, you know, my king and my God, the kind of king we have is one who's meek and humble, but is also one who rules with challenging commandments, which sometimes require that his subjects suffer, you know? Yeah, and you know, I wonder if that's part of it. Like, Jesus has been so... Oh, man, what's the right word to use? Just kind of... 
it's just become like a saccharine, um, let's just all think happy thoughts kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, G- mm-hmm. you know, Jesus, especially, you know, we keep hearing about these little ones, and we see all that really, frankly, kind of bad art, Jesus, with the children, like, okay, well, this is nice, but there's a there's a bite to it. There's an edge to it that we don't like to mm-hmm. think about, that we don't like to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so maybe this. I, I appreciate it. So, like, the wise and unlearned tend to probably think of the two extremes. Jesus needs to be the king that banishes the Romans. The wise would say that. But the learned would say, oh, no, no, he's just meek and humble. He's a prophet. He's mm-hmm. a good teacher. Children probably maybe are okay with their king being a warrior, you know, but is also a good person. Like all the kings you have in children's stories are are warriors, but they're also kind. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's something that a child can only understand, the paradox of how God can be all-powerful and yet be still good. Mm. Maybe that's why C.S. Lewis's work is work, a work for children, yeah. is that he's a, he's a lion, but he's a good lion. You yeah. know, and, or, and kids can understand that. Or the know? story of King Arthur. I mean, that's a perfect example of a good and just king who has many faults. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And like he's still kind of the archetype for kingship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, this is taking us a little bit down the rabbit hole of like, who is Jesus as king? And yeah. Like if this were Christ the yeah. King Sunday. Um, like I'm trying to, what would you wrap a homily into? You know, like what would you distill it down into yeah. in terms of like? That's a good question. I don't know. I think, I think it's still, it's got to be. Yeah. I think we still have to talk about this yoke and what it means to to bear the burden of Christ in a world where so many people are bearing such a heavy burden of hatred and racism mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and are dealing with the, with the effects of that on a daily, right. on a daily basis. And just to say, Oh, well put your trust in Jesus and it'll be your, your yoke will be easy and your burden light seems like dismissive. Yeah. yeah. Dismissive and a cop out. We don't actually have to address the problem. Right. Well, okay. So there's a tension because like, I would also say, you know, we can be angry, but we should not sin. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be sad, but we should not despair. Um, like there's a tension because we should feel these things, but we shouldn't be, we should be able to also rest, you know, at night, like knowing that God is ultimately in control. Like we, how do we look at the world on fire, but at the same time, trust that God mm-hmm. is a good and loving God. Like that's kind of the challenge of the whole Bible, you know, is how do you, how do you maintain that tension of God being a good and just God and seeing evil in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you and think? Having our, <laughs> well, ha- I mean, having our vision be longer than just the short-sighted, like, temporal revolution that we want and desire to yeah. see justice built on earth, you know? Yeah, I mean, right, I get that. But what happens when your family is the one that's being shot down in the streets? What happens when your family is the one being constantly harassed by you know, these, this group and that other group. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I have no, no idea. Yeah. What I right. Would do, I mean, it's know? not, we're not. Yeah. No, I mean, it would be incredibly like we, terrible. We need that. To, we to need that short sightedness in a sense because we do have to deal. I mean, that's justice to deal with um, how men and women right now are being treated. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. we've talked about so often, well, it doesn't end there. And I think that's where we're, we get caught up sometimes. Mm-hmm, like we need mm-hmm. to take care of our own house, absolutely, but we also need to prepare it for 
not only for those that come after us, but for our own eternal salvation, for our own, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't know, man. This is, it's tough because like there's, there's the, the readings this weekend don't really give like a clear theme that I find easy to translate to it being 4th of July weekend and the current context mm-hmm. we're in and all that. It's not, it's not simple to me. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that could struggle to, that could be it. I mean, we we kind of preach on the messiness. Yeah, you know. So that's that's why I go back to what you said at the beginning, which I really like, is that the yoke he has for us is easy, yet he tells us we will suffer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's messy, Jesus. Like that's not clear yeah. and clean. Yeah. Like, which one is it? Are you the hippie Jesus that's coming to give me peace and rest, or are you <laughs> the are you the revolutionary Jesus that's telling me to get in line and to fight the Romans? Like, right, which one are you? Right. Right. Um. And I appreciate like that first reading telling us that Jesus is not that easily put into a box. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe there's a lesson there too. Like many people want to say like, you know, Christians are all about love and peace. Okay. Yes. But Jesus is not a hippie. Jesus also is challenging, you know, and he calls us to act in the world, you know? And so you're right. Maybe that messiness is what we preach on is like, yeah, who is this Jesus that we, that we confess, you know? Well, and I think, I think that's good. I think that's that's really good. And I wonder if our second, if going back to our second reading, if that could be of help. Because if you take a step back from it and stop kind of looking at it as um, living by the flesh, living by the spirit, which is important. It's a part of this of what Saint Paul is trying to say. But look at the fact that the spirit, if only the spirit of God dwells in you, mm-hmm. Like, let's think about that. How does the Spirit move in, not just me, but in you and in everybody everybody else, even if they're non-believers? Like, what does that actually right. mean? And we've talked about this mm-hmm. around Pentecost and, and those other feast days, that that's going to call us to something else, to live differently, to be differently. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. If I believe that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, I probably won't shoot you in the face. <laughs> like, I, I probably won't do yeah. that. Um if I really believed it, that you are an instance of like God's love in the world, mm-hmm. like you're an instance of that. And maybe, I, that maybe that'll change the way that I treat you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot that could happen here. And I think that the gospel in particular is one that has such great lines that you could probably preach a whole homily on. I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. or My yoke is easy or, it might be the kind of weekend where I probably just focus on one of those lines and like start with the specific and then and then move out rather than trying to get like a, a synthesis of all three readings together, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. How about you? How do you think you would approach it? Probably the same. You know, my style tends to do that anyways. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of, I don't really pick a theme. It just kind of comes up in my own prayer. Like, I will give you rest to something that I need to focus on or my yoke is easy, my burden light like that tends to become the theme that I focus on when I preach. Yeah. Um, and I think these, you're right. You're totally right. These, I think these readings lend themselves to that style a little bit better right? because right. yeah, they all work together, but you need to focus. Focus. Yeah. yeah. You need to really know what you're going to, what you're going to be about. Yeah. So here's one parting thought from me. Uh, I think one thing that I would want to, I think one of my soapboxes that I could easily fall into in this would be the wise and the learned are bad and the simple are good. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas, like, where some people might say, like, see, all these academic theologians, that's useless. All we need is, like, simple gospel values. Um, I would want to stay away from that soapbox because I can get on that soapbox very quickly um, of, like, the gospel is simple. You just don't need to overthink it. Um, It's like, no, no, no. There's a value in having teachers, too, you know, and thinking through difficult questions. Um, But I think some people can use this as justification for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it allows you to go into the extremes. And I think by presenting these two extremes of yoke is easy, but you must bear a burden, like that's and could be a way of Jesus telling us to find that golden mean, that middle way. Yeah, um, no, that's good. Yeah. Cool, man. Any uh, last thought? No, just really pray. Like, don't just pretend. <laughs> go out and pray. Like, Allow the spirit to to change your heart, people out there. (laughs) Amen. All right, dude. Till next time. All righty. Peace. Peace.